broadcasting studios of KCAA, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM and 106.5 FM, located in beautiful Southern California. Thanks for tuning in to the Water Zone. And also, we're also live on Turf's Up Radio. Turf's Up Radio is the only radio station dedicated to the green industry. So you can check that out on the web. That's turfsupradio.com. And uh, we're very happy to be part of that. And uh, so all the listeners out there, we welcome you. All our viewers who are watching us, we'll give a little wave. Oh, he's giving the five. You give the high five side, the big, the big, the big. Oh, this t- yeah, I like that. So uh, anyway, good week, hot week. It's been hot here in California, hot around the country, what I heard. It's also rained this morning. It did. That was kind of funky here in Southern California when you get rain in the middle of July. Yeah. But it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Just put dirty spots on my car. <laughs> I was going to wash the car, but every day it rains. So it's, oh, you're going to wash my car? I, if you want me to, <laughs> I will. I'll do that for you. No problem. Uh, we want to welcome Miss Chris Austin to the phone. And we also have, I believe, Miss Inge Biscona, who heads up our, our ag uh, hosting. Right, Ag? Hello. Yes, sir. Uh, Rob and Chris, I am here, and I hope that Chris Austin is here, too. Yep. Yes, here I am. Well, good. Uh, I know uh, uh, your uh, Ingie's guest is going to call back in a few minutes. They had an issue with the phone lines here that you can only get two onto the board instead of the four that come into the thing. So there were. Oh no! Yeah, yes. we only got half the phone lines up and running. Yeah, so <laughs> so we just found that out. So we asked Paul to call back in a little bit. And, uh, yeah, don't don't fret though. Rob, Rob and I did a whole show on cell phones once, didn't we, Rob? Yeah, we did. <laughs> We had oh, pe- my goodness. We had people calling the cell phones, and we had to sit them down on the table and put the microphone right on top of the, the cell phone so we could hear them. So. I remember that. And, <laughs> and for some reason, this always happens on the ag show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. But anyway. Hey, uh, speak, speaking of rain, uh, just the other morning, I was uh, driving out to East County, San Diego, and ran into a huge thunderstorm. I mean, it was a heavy-duty rainstorm here the end of July. Wow. In San Diego. Very strange. Was it crackling sound really big? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, it was nice to get everything wet. It was just, you know, yeah. unexpected. Yeah. June. But, you know, big July. drops, big drops, the shower doesn't last long. No, they, it was it was pretty wet. The whole Miramar <laughs> Road was wet, wet, wet. So. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm from back east in New Jersey, and, and when, when the thunderstorms come with the lightning, I mean, it's really, I mean, it just goes through your whole body feeling that sound or hearing that sound. All right, welcome back to the second half, and this is actually the Ag Show, so uh, to do it correctly, I want to turn it over to the most expert person I know in Ag. <laughs> actually, there's two people are going two to be on the show. Two people on today. Yeah. Uh, actually, three. Chris, this Chris here. That's right. So, uh, well, did, we'll all be here. There was four of us, so yeah, if you want to get well, a full well, I'm count. Not, I'm not an Ag specialist. You did, you did it for how many uh, years? Yeah. I've been now Ag in 10 years. I was. Uh, there you yeah. go. And so now you're going to have two of the smartest people that I know in the ag, and, and sure. I'm, going to, I'm going to introduce only one of sure. them because I want her to introduce her guest. Right. So, Ingi, the show is all yours. Well, thank you. Well, you know, we're all connected to ag because, you know, we eat a couple of times a day, and that's where we get our food, right? Yeah. So, hey, tell, my, uh, tell my wife it's only a couple times, will you? There <laughs> uh, we go. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm pleased to bring Paul McFadden back to the show. Uh, we all know and love him. He is uh, a former uh, Toro employee and also Indeed. a former Water Zone host. So yeah. welcome to the show, Paul. Uh, thank you, Inky. Thank you, uh, uh, gentlemen. Appreciate, uh, <laughs> appreciate the kind offer and uh, warm uh, welcome. Yeah, Welcome we, back, we miss, Paul. We miss you, Paul. <laughs> we, we do. We do miss Paul. It's um, just as you two... Um, 
banter back and forth. Uh, Paul and I always enjoyed that, too. Uh, well, for those who may have missed Paul's last show, I'll do a short intro, and then we can uh, find out what's going on in the, um, uh, the irrigation management technologies that are on the horizon. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight with Paul. Um, Paul has a, um, a long and illustrious history with the uh, irrigation industry, um, having um, been with the John Deere Water um, Company as well as um, Toro and senior sales uh, positions. Um, and he's also very involved in the industry, which is mostly what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, he's been um, the, on the uh, board of directors and president of the California Ag Irrigation Association. We're going to hear a little update about that tonight. Um, also a past chairman of the uh, International Irrigation Association Drip and Micro-Irrigation Common Interest Group, and um, working in government affairs and with Western growers and uh, another organization called the Western Ag and Conservation Coalition, um, and currently the director of purchasing for RDO Water, a dealer distributor of irrigation solutions for agriculture, and most importantly, Paul is married to Barb, and Barb is a wonderful <laughs> woman, and they have three grown children and do all sorts of fun stuff um, in the outdoors and also have these huge family parties that they cook for. So uh, <laughs> uh, Paul lives a full life. And so, Paul, tell us what, you know, since you left Toro and um, in your new role with RDO, what are some of the highlights um, in the world of ag irrigation that you've um, noticed over the last year or so since you were a guest on the show. Yeah, it's, I was looking back at some notes, and it's been uh, over a year since uh, the last time I was on the water zone. So it's it's special. It's like a homecoming for me to to uh, be a participant again. Uh, it, uh, I had dinner with some folks last night from Western Growers, and sitting at my table were uh, three or four former guests of the water zone. So it oh, was, uh, <laughs> we all had a chuckle about that. That was kind of fun. So, uh, we've had we've had nice. some good folks on this show. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, since uh, just since the last time I was on the show about a year ago, um, uh, even though we've had this tremendous uh, rainfall this past winter and the reservoirs are all full, um, I know Chris was talking about uh, um, you know the amount of groundwater we're pumping and the the Sigma, the Groundwater Management Act, and and uh, uh, we've uh, subsidence with the conveyance systems. In other words, the the canals and so forth are are uh, uh, shrinking. Uh, the ground underneath them is shrinking, so the the water is now actually uh, uh, the the canals are there's less capacity to push the water around the the uh, state because the canals are are uh, uh, taking big dips, uh, in some cases uh, redu reducing the flow by 60%, 6-0. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the industry, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, farmers are leaving the state, uh, going elsewhere out of California um, for a number of reasons, uh, labor being uh, one of the drivers, uh, regulation, uh, and then uh, uh, the lack of uh, a stable water supply. So all those uh, all those things kind of uh, compile to make it a, a pretty rough year, um, not just in California, but across the country. I was talking to some folks in uh, 
in the uh, southeast today, and they were saying there's uh, irrigation companies that are closing up uh, in Florida and Georgia and Carolina. So it's it's tough everywhere uh, right now. So uh, it's uh, it's been a challenging year, challenging year. Lots of uh, consolidation within the dealer channel. All the dealers are being uh, acquired uh, or either by manufacturers or by investment groups. Um, some manufacturers are actually uh, changing hands, the ownership. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of, lot of, lot of uh, moving parts, as we say. Yeah, that sounds very challenging. Um, and on top of that, I think um, with the state's population growing and you know climate changes and you know water coming down as you know, rain instead of snow in many cases, and, you know, that that uh, influences how much water we have available for later. I've heard figures anywhere from half million to a million acres of uh, farmland will probably not be sustainable in the in the future. We won't have the water for it, and or there's just too many um, other, other pressures for that water. The water may be there, but um, it's going to the environment or people, and so that, that makes it pretty tough for ag. I, do you see... Um, the crop mix really changing in California over the next, you know, decade or two? Maybe the lower-value crops go elsewhere and we become the high-value crop state? Um, that's an interesting comment. Those numbers uh, I heard in a presentation uh, yesterday from uh, uh, Alan Hannock, the uh, senior fellow and center director for the Public Policy Institute of California, the Water Policy Center, uh, the half a million to a million acres uh, going out of production, depending on the one thing that would change that number would be uh, the ability to move water or uh, broker water around the state. We could reduce that number uh, and, and up as many as three or four million acres uh, down to a half a million acres by being able to move water, according to the, the this institute. Yeah. That's where I got um, the numbers as well from uh, PPFC. Yeah. So it's um it's uh it's a it's a pretty serious uh, serious issue. So anyway, well, um, uh, I know that uh, industry is trying to you know provide some solutions so that we do the best job that we possibly can with the water that we do have. And right. I know that you were recently at a Western Growers Innovation event. Can you kind of give us a snapshot of? Sure. What was exciting, and what did you see that um, might help our our water suppliers or our farmers uh, do the best job possible with the water that we have? Sure. So this is an annual event. It's co-hosted with the Forbes Media Group and and Western Growers, just to stimulate interest with uh, uh, a lot of sharp uh, folks to develop innovative solutions to. Uh, water efficiencies or uh, robotics or automation or whatever it might be in the, in the, in the ag space. And they, this uh, part of this uh, uh, two-day event is, is a uh, series of presentations by these uh, dozen companies that are selected from all over the world, uh, China, the uh, UK. Uh, there were a couple companies from Canada, um, uh, one company from South America, I believe, uh, all came to uh, Salinas for this two-day event to 
share with this uh, group of uh, farmers and entrepreneurs and venture capitalists their ideas. And uh, there were 3,000 applicants that, uh, that applied and these uh, 12 companies uh, got in. But the, I'll give you a quick snapshot of the four that kind of really uh, jumped out to me. There's a group called PharmX. Uh, they do, they, they're out of uh, high-tech uh, Silicon Valley. They do full-spectrum monitoring and analytics of anything growing or any data that's coming in off of a farm. There's a livestock uh, a water recycling business that takes uh, dairy waste or livestock waste and converts it to fertilizer, the dry fertilizer you can put back out on the farm. They take the micro, micronutrients out of that and use that as a, as a fertilizer. And then the, uh, the water that comes out of that is, is uh, 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 pot up potable, so you can actually drink it right there. So it actually won uh, won the first prize of uh, two hundred thousand uh, dollar check. So wow. Um, there's uh, another group uh, uh, from China that has developed a robotic uh, lettuce weeder that um, it's all automated. Uh, it it goes back and forth across the uh, field and has a series of optics that look at each plant growing in the field, and they can differentiate between a lettuce plant and a weed. And then it, once it identifies the weed, uh, it will shoot a blast of hot canola oil, uh, which is pretty, by itself, is uh, pretty pretty harmless, but it uh, will kill the weed. And uh, it can travel throughout this field day and night at about six miles an hour. And uh, replacing a crew of, of folks that have to do that by hand uh, now, 30, uh, 30 people at a time, 30, 40 people at a time, and a weeding crew that go out there and do that by hand. So, And then uh, the last group that really caught my eye was um, a group called uh, Well Intel. And uh, they monitor groundwater with a deep penetrating uh, radar uh, from, uh, from satellites so they can they can go and look and look at how full or how healthy a water source is that's uh, that's underground, perhaps uh, you know thousands of feet under the soil. So, all pretty interesting stuff. Wow, that's um, uh, pretty high tech when uh, you've got a machine that can differentiate between one little tiny plant versus another little tiny plant. <laughs> And as it's rapidly moving uh, through the field, yeah. so yeah. Uh, yeah, one uh, well, for the first time also in Guy, I'll, I'll share that there were three companies there that had to do with bees. Uh, you know, bees uh, we t- often take for granted, uh, but they play such an important role in in uh, producing crops and pollinating uh, uh, plants that we often overlook them. But there's a, a company in uh, from the East Coast, they developed, uh, developed uh, a lens and an app for an iPhone that you can actually, uh, by holding it up to the beehive, you can tell how many bees are in there, how healthy the bees are, and get an estimate of uh, accounting uh, without ever having to open the lid, which disrupts, wow. uh, disrupts the bees for two or three days. And you know, So farmers want to know how many bees they're bringing on the field to help pollinate their, say, almonds. Yeah. Um, and how healthy those hives are, but they, uh, um, you know, they often uh, 
uh, want to uh, kind of somebody to go in there and look at them. Well, this app is a way to do that. So it's some fascinating stuff out there. Some real smart people working on some of these issues. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's amazing. And then the drones. I think uh, Western Growers Innovation Center has a, a drone company as well. Is that uh, I think it's called Resin. Yes. Yeah. So just being able to fly, you know, airplanes or little, you know, drones over the field to detect irrigation problems or uh, fertility nutrient problems, you know, that was inconceivable even just five or ten years ago. Um, one of uh, one of our company's uh, uh, groups uh, at RDO does just that uh, UAV drone work. Uh, oh. So uh, a relatively new part of our technology platform, but it's uh, it's fascinating uh, what those guys are doing. So is that a service that RDO is offering um, agricultural producers that you yes. know we will come out and fly the drone and and let you know where there's a problem. Uh, exactly, or or in for our for the irrigation division, we use a drone to map fields. We'll fly okay. a field and and uh, map it uh, and download that data into our our design software, and it'll show you where every every road, every rock, every twig is in the field, and help you uh, with a more efficient design. Yeah, I, I assume uh, elevations as well. Oh sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, that's great. So, um, in in the RDO experience, do you detect say irrigation leaks and would know where to send a laborer to fix the leaks? We we have that capability. We haven't instituted that yet in the uh, in the irrigation side of things. But yeah, that that that's a relatively easy uh, thing to do with the right equipment. Wow. So anything else from um, that two days that was uh, really water-oriented? Anything that really stood out or um, um, caught your attention? Uh, I think I think the the, 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 the one uh, um, thing was the, kind of the over the PharmEx group being able to look at all the sensors and pull all that data and analyze it. Um, Regardless of the, whose sensor it was uh, or whose equipment it was, that that was, uh, I think, uh, a big step forward because currently there are systems, and if you wanted to monitor the soil moisture, you'd have to have a special uh, gateway that would give you a dashboard or a, a gauge, if you will, on your phone or your laptop that will tell you how much water is in there, or you watch a graph or whatever it happens to be. But this is uh, this is more all-encompassing. So you can take pressures and flows and and uh, all those kinds of things, nutrient uh, uh, administration into a system. So if you're fertilizing through your drip system, it'll tell you how much and when and how long and all those yeah. kinds of things. So well, what I love is that uh, this is now all seemingly uh, commercially available and being adopted by the farms. This isn't theoretical. It's not at the university. Uh, research stage, it's um, it's on the ground and being used now. Uh, to varying degrees, yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, what else is new? Let's, um, you're involved in the Western Ag and Conservation Coalition. Anything going on there? Oh, there's um, there's um, uh, something that we're working on here. Uh, as of uh, yesterday, uh, there's uh, three new bills before Congress. Uh, um, 
Save Water Resources Act, which provides uh, additional federal funding to improve delivery and water supplies in the West. Uh, as I talked about earlier, those uh, conveyance systems or the pipelines or the canals are are uh, in in various stages of disrepair. I, I listened to a fellow from IBM uh, say during a conference once that uh, 18% of all the water that flows in any pipe in California comes out as a leak. So if we could just fix our leaks, uh, we could uh, uh, we could save a, you know almost 20% of our water. So isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It just I I suppose when it leaks, it goes back maybe somewhere useful, but it's already gone through all that energy consumption just getting to where it is leaking and probably was cleansed and, <laughs> you know, has, exactly. has a heavy heavy carbon footprint and energy footprint by the time it leaks. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, even if it goes back to where we can use it again, there was all that waste. There's um, a couple uh, Senate uh, bills, uh, drought resiliency and water supply infrastructure, uh, water supply infrastructure rehab and utilization. Um, there's a... Um, uh, House bill that's an aquifer recharge uh, flexibility act. So um, the coalition, uh, which in- includes a, a very interesting group of folks, you know, from uh, California Farm Bureau, the uh, Montana Cattlemen Stockman uh, Family Farm Alliance, and Trout Unlimited, the Autobahn, Nature Conservancy, uh, Environmental Defense Fund, uh, among the many others. Um, including Western Growers, is is uh, is a is an organization that pulls all these folks together, and we look at uh, ways of of not just not just looking at our differences. Obviously, the list there's there's uh, significant differences in philosophies, but we look at ways to uh, collaborate and and uh, agree on solutions. And everybody gives a little bit, and it's been uh, it's been quite interesting and quite enjoyable, honestly, for me to be. Uh, a participant in that group to see folks really who care about their, these the different aspects of water use in whether it's the environment or farming or uh, whatever it might be to all come together and say what's best for for everyone what what's uh, the the best possible outcome that we can agree on for for everybody involved and then we uh, we send that uh, a letter of support to our federal uh, 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 legislators and, and let them know we as an organization support this or we'd like to see these amendments. And this is what we have all come to an agreement on. So it's a pretty powerful uh, statement coming from folks with, uh, that have all signed that, uh, that, uh, that agreement. Well, yeah, it is so unusual because it's ag and environmental um, interests at the same table saying, hey, um, um, Washington or state government, uh, we agree, we, we who sometimes have oppo- opposing viewpoints, we agree that this is a win-win, and that's what we're always looking for, right, is right. something that is a win-win that helps both the environment and the farms and uh, find that common ground and work towards that rather than work towards, um, you know, the division, so... Thank you for your service on that um, coalition. I'm, I'm um, always fascinated when you see something um, so successful like that that you wouldn't have dreamed possible, <laughs> right? Well, and it's and it's been it's been fun uh, personally uh, for me and, and rewarding professionally. 
uh, made some good friends on that group and uh, uh, that I, I normally wouldn't have uh, run across in my day-to-day stuff in, uh, in the ag irrigation or, or the uh, uh, advocacy uh, with, for, the, for the irrigation and ag irrigation space. So it's been, sure. it's been quite rewarding. Well, that's great. Um, so with the few minutes that we have left, why don't you give us a little bit of an update on what's going on with the California Ag Irrigation Association, which you, I think, are current president or past president or been, uh, past president <laughs> what time a couple is times, <laughs> and they, they bring you back to be president again. Yeah, so we'll just yeah. call you the forever president of the CAIA. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, sometimes it's a blessing and a curse to be passionate about uh, something uh, because the uh, uh, you know, I, I I tend to throw my hand up as I know you do, Inky, and uh, uh, Rob and Chris as well. When uh, when you when there's uh, something that needs to be done and and you, you're passionate about it, you you t- tend to jump into the fray, depending if you have any more bandwidth or not. So well, that sometimes that's the only way to get anything done. <laughs> yeah, I agree. To volunteer and, and do it yourself, which I think you found yeah. yourself in those shoes. <laughs> Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Sure. So, very interesting on on your comments. So, do you guys believe that vertical farming is going to be the next generation of farming? Where I I, I told Ingi the other day that I found this uh, company called Aero Farms. They have several locations. I don't know, Ingi, if you had a chance to look them up. I I did, and there's uh, I found there's like another ten companies in that space that are very similar. And if you'll recall, we had Julian Cribb on the show about a year ago, um, the Australian author and journalist, that right. um, that was one of the things he said was definitely one of the solutions for the future was to bring a lot of food production into the cities. And whether it's rooftops or vertical farming, like you're talking about here, using warehouses, using um, uh, you know maybe greenhouses uh, for really intensive farming of mostly vegetables and fruits, and leaving the the hinterlands for uh, the field crops. Yeah, I definitely believe that's a trend. In fact, Paul and I toured uh, Go Green here in Encinitas um, the beginning of the year, which uh, uh, produces just beautiful, beautiful butter lettuce in a controlled environment, Um, you know, greenhouse, multi-level. It wasn't vertical, it was horizontal, but it was multi-level. And, um, yeah, Rob, I think I think you're, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, what do you think, Paul? Rob, let me just share with you a fact that uh, that came up uh, that I learned about actually about 10 years ago. <laughs> There's more tomatoes grown inside in a controlled environment in Mexico than are grown outside in a field in, in a condition. Yeah, I bet. I, yeah, that's not hard to believe. You know, because they don't, they don't have the pest pressure, so yeah, they, the they use less insecticides. Yeah. Uh, they can grow year round, uh, so they so they don't have uh, a seasonal window, uh, and it's uh, less labor because everything's uh, more upright. Um, so, but again, on the other other end of the spectrum, they have to put more money up front to build those structures right. and maintain them than they would just going out and plowing a field. So, oh, you don't got to worry about temperatures and you know uh, you know varying climate changes and things. You know, uh, my previous life when I worked for Emerson. In their fluid flow group, we were. Uh, you, you guys probably know about this company called Fred Myers. Yep. 
Yeah, and we used to help build gas mixing systems for the modified atmosphere packaging and storage of bananas and things that they would pick at different times, and they, and they can extend the life of them by putting them in these controlled uh, locations. And just like years ago or, or today, when you buy a bag of potato chips or anything like that, they're not just packed with air. It's a mixture of, uh, you know, specialized gas uh, to, pres to help preserve them longer. The same thing they do with meats and cheeses and other things. So I, I kind of think technology is really, when I looked at this aero farm things, I was just blown away by, by what they do. And, yes, it's very expensive uh, to start the proposition, but... They but they're getting a lot of venture capital. Yes, I mean, a ton yes. Of it. The, all, all 12 of those companies mentioned in that article were... All VC, yeah. yeah. Rolling in the dough. I mean, people see that as the future, so I don't I don't think they're going to have a problem getting started. No, they partnered. They said they partnered with Dell Computers, and they got another $100 million in, in, uh, in financing. Un unbelievable, but it's really high-tech. It's high just tech. so efficient, you know, yep. when it's so intense like that, rather than using so much, you know, outdoor land, which really... As Julian Cribb said, we need to give some of that back to nature. Absolutely. You know, maybe, maybe half of it back to nature for nature to thrive again.